0: At one point, and we always knew that they wanted to go to Romania, and uh, God just opened the door for them to be able to do that and to step into um, uh, ministry in Romania, and uh, so it's been our privilege to partner up now with them over several years and to see them do a work uh, that we're so proud of to reach... Um, into young women's lives, help save them, rescue them from human trafficking, help the country of Romania, and to see people brought into faith in Christ. And so your giving does matter, uh, especially in regard to life builders. It enables us to do more than we would otherwise be able to do, and uh, we are coming up on that time of the year, if you're new among us, uh, every year. Around this time, we kind of talk, start talking about uh, the fall giving season and what we're going to do as a church and the difference we're going to make. And uh, so uh, this year, uh, we are planning on our miracle offering. We've been doing some form. Uh, we've called it a few different things over the years, but uh, 20 years ago, uh, this April, so when we started Crossroads Church in the Regal, yeah, crazy, uh, seems like yesterday, but anyway, it's been 20 years this, this spring, and uh, over those years, we've always had some kind of fall uh, emphasis on giving and things like that, and uh, this year... Uh, We're believing the Lord to help us to give $25,000 to India. To uh, help in human trafficking, I was over there just a few weeks ago and uh, saw where our money is going to go and every dollar you give that first twenty five thousand dollars of the miracle offering will go toward uh, helping rescue women, help rescue children in India, and it 'll be doubled all right so we 'll give fifty thousand dollars, which will be by far the largest missions offering that this church has ever given and that- Be on the miracle offering Sunday, which is December 8th. So plan now what you can do. I'm believing God. For 50 families to join up with us to give a thousand dollars, and if you say, "Well, I just don 't know if I could give a thousand dollars, maybe you give 750 dollars, maybe you could give five hundred dollars, maybe you could give 250 dollars. Maybe you could give a hundred dollars in a month uh, as we receive that offering. I believe if we would be careful and give what we can, we can do more than we think we can. And uh, most of us are that way as Americans, but uh, you know, no pressure. you pray about it, and whatever God lays on your heart, whatever God speaks to you, this is a great time for you to hear from the Lord. Get a word from God, and uh, you bring that on December 8th, and we're going to watch 25,000 dollars of it become 50,000 dollars, and the other uh, will go for other projects that we're able to do because of Life Builders, the lobby furniture that's brand new, the the lobby reconstruction, the welcome center, the lobby, uh, all all that new decor and everything, the new uh, projector screen that's going up in the youth auditorium, uh, so many other projects of this year have been made possible through our Life Builders. The extras we've been able to do in missions work and giving this year have been made possible through life builders, so uh, what that is, uh, life builders is saying, "Lord, what could I do over and above what I normally do? You know, could I give up a latte a week you know and give seven dollars or whatever it is uh, to uh, give toward life builders to make something happen that otherwise wouldn 't happen, and as you pray and you're spirit led Uh, God's gonna speak into your heart and life what you can do. And again, no pressure. And if you're a guest here today, I'm not talking to you right now, all right? I'll talk to you in a minute. But uh, I'm just talking to our church family right now and just saying, uh, this is an exciting time because we get to see God just do amazing things and show up and people are blessed as a result and we get the thrill of knowing that we're part of reaching the world for Jesus. And so uh, you just can't beat that, can you? Uh, Let me say something about the missing seats, because some of you uh, didn't get to sit where you normally sit uh, today. And the reason for that is we're giving our chairs away. All right. Uh, We gave, uh, let me see, a hundred chairs went to the Good News Ministries downtown Indy. Uh, they needed some chairs. And 100 are going to Camp Canby. And then we're going to send another 120 to Rob Hovermail. He's another one of our people, um, that, like the Croziers, that's uh, been here in our church and then starting a new church. And so we're going to give 120 chairs to Rob And then we're going to keep about 80 of the chairs that have extra seating for our youth that's growing uh, that use these chairs on Sunday night and other classrooms and different things that we'll talk about that are coming in the new year. So what we're doing is new theater seats will be in here, uh, be installed in about two weeks. And so you're going to love them, but I don't want any of you people to sit down front and help me preach sitting up there, all right? Uh, you You just invite new people, All right. Uh, in the first few weeks they're here, they can start up there and work their way down. And uh, But anyway, we're going to have an all new... and It's going to enlarge our seating capacity uh, of the room so you can invite uh, more people uh, to come and experience Crossroads. But we're not interested, listen to this, in just increasing our seating capacity. We are interested in believing that God for God to help us in our sending capacity as well. And just like the Croziers launched out of this church and, and uh, doing ministry, Rob Havermill, other people, uh, we believe that God is raising up teenagers today. We have some in Bible college and all now Uh, But more are going to come out of this church, and they're going to be sent all over the world and all over the area and help reach the world for Jesus. How many know that? How many believe that it's going to happen? And so... So we're believing for God to help us not just increase our seating capacity, but our sending capacity as this happens. So uh, thank you again to those of you who helped make so many things happen around here week after week. We're going to... Hop into our series that we started last Sunday. We talked about Elisha. So, those of you who are listening by podcast, we welcome you. So good to have you with us as well. But uh, last week, we talked about this man who felt a call from God. And what did he do? He took the call, right? He took the call. And so, important, so essential to take the call when God speaks to our hearts and lives. And and he was speaking to Elisha, and and so he began to follow in the footsteps of Elijah, this powerful prophet, this amazing man uh, that had been used of God. We'll come back to him in a moment. But Elijah has moved on. He's in heaven now, and so he was the man, now Elisha. Is the man, and it's time for him to step up. It's time for him to uh, be used to the Lord. But uh, we're, we're going to see today that it's a kind of a different story of what happened in his life. I don't know. Maybe you've ever felt like Elisha. No doubt felt when he was first alone. His master had gone to heaven, and there he was. And he was like, you know, do I have what it takes? Do I have uh, what's needed to be able to continue the awesome ministry of the man that I looked up to as like my faith father? You know, do I do I have what it takes? And um, we see where God showed up in His life, but maybe you're here today, and maybe you could be tempted to feel like, Do I have what it takes? Or maybe you feel like, boy, if I had that, I'd have what it takes. You know, maybe, I don't know what you'd fill in the blank with, but maybe it's more money. If I had more money, then I could do great things. Or if I had more time... Just don't have enough time, you know, if I had more time. If I had more hair, you know, uh, <laughs> Elisha was, was kind of like that. Uh, and we'll see that in a moment. But, uh, you know, if I was healed or if God would just give me a new job or if I had, you know, an answer to prayer, if I had a husband, maybe some of you say, you know, I just, if I had a husband or if I had a, if I had a husband with a job, then that would be awesome. Or if I had a husband with a job who looked like Brad Pitt. Come on, somebody, right? Now we're talking. Where are my ladies at here today, all right? So, uh, yeah, you you may be thinking, man, if I had something else, then I'd be good. I want you to listen to this story today and this message Through the lens of your greatest need, whatever your greatest need is, or you think is your greatest need, just listen to the story and let it speak to you. We're going to pick it up, uh, the life of Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 3, so if you want to go ahead and turn there, let me just set the stage for you, what we have are three kings. These are not the three kings that you're going to be singing about in a few weeks, or maybe some of you have already started singing, all right? You're early adopters. But uh, these three kings are, one, the king of Israel, the king of Israel, and uh, he has just inherited the kingdom from his father Ahab, and now he feels like The people of Moab are going to potentially invade and come into Israel. And so he decides, I'm going to get the jump on them. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and preempt this strike and with my own strike. And, And so he reaches out to Jehoshaphat, who is the king of Judah. Remember, Israel had been split in two, there's two kingdoms now. And uh, through these two kingdoms, there are two kings. And so he reaches out to his friend, uh, Jehoshaphat, and says, hey, can Judah come along and fight with us here? And it's interesting because Judah says, hey, my troops are your troops. My, my weapons are your weapons. It's like, Mikasa casa es su casa. You know, he's he like you got all I've got, I'm with you, we're buds, we, we can do this. And, and so he says, what's the plan? And he says, well, we're gonna take a roundabout plan and we're gonna go through Edom. And, and so they do, and, they're, and as they go through Edom, uh, they actually pick up the king of Edom. And so he becomes the third king. And these three kings with their armies begin to go and, and get prepared to strike against the enemy, and they expected we're gonna win easily. I mean, it's three against one, come on. But how many of you, it doesn't always go like you planned? Anybody ever have that happen to you? You know, it just doesn't go according to plan. And, and so what we're going to see here in a moment is as they're marching along, they actually run out of water, which is not good, and, and so they're all dehydrating, and the king of Israel goes negative. You have one of those friends that just, it's already bad, and then they got to go negative, you know, and just make it worse. Or how many of you, you are that negative? Maybe maybe you need to adjust today. And so here's what we're going to see in a moment is your greatest need can be your greatest blessing if it drives you to your knees. It's true. Some of you, you wouldn't be in church today if it weren't for your divorce, if it weren't for your bankruptcy, if it weren't for your bad diagnosis. If it weren't for your situation that you couldn't figure out you know it's it's interesting how desperation can lead us to inspiration how, how when we get desperate, then all of a sudden we're open, and we're going to see that here in a moment with these three kings. Here, Second Kings verse nine says, "So the king of Israel set out with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and after roundabout march of seven days, the army had no more water for themselves or for the animals with them." What? exclaimed the king of Israel, has the Lord, here he goes, negative, has the Lord called us three kings together only to deliver us into the hands of Moab? Is that what this is all about? But Jehoshaphat, how many know you need a positive friend, right? You need somebody who can speak life into you when everybody around you is speaking death. You need somebody in your life. You need need maybe a life group. You need some people around you somewhere who when all of life is coming against you, they don't come against you. They don't pile on. Instead, they help lift up and begin to encourage you, right? You have some of those people? Right in your life, and you need those people. And he says, Is there no prophet of the Lord here through whom we may inquire of the Lord? Now, there's a good idea. Let's pray about it. Maybe seven days too late (laughs) would have been good to pray first. Come on, right? There's a thought. Pray first, but God, listen to this. God is so good. That even when you fail to acknowledge him, even when you've left him out of your plans, even when you marched out there on your own, in your own strength, in your own desires, in your own schemes and whatever, God is so good that he will reach down even then when you call out to him and ask him for help. That's how good he is. That's how good he is. And that's not the best plan. The best plan is pray first. But I'm telling you, God's so good. How many of you know that? Because he he picked up the phone when you thought he wouldn't. When you called out to him after walking away from him and he still came to your rescue. That's how good God is. And so the officer, the king of Israel, answered, well, Elisha, here's our boy. Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He's in the area. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. If he's, if he's the one that was with Elijah. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. It's amazing how this, how this desperation can lead to dependency. How how when you become desperate, that you you can get dependent. Even these three great kings are are bowing their knee. They're coming under this guy to see if he could have a word from God. Maybe he can just pray over us. I I don't know. Maybe he can can, can do something supernatural like Elijah did, you know. And so they go to him, and look what happens. This this is so awesome. They said, Elisha says, why do you want to involve me? <laughs> he's got some tood. Come on, somebody. <laughs> right? He, I mean, and he, he picked it up from his, his master because there was a time, those of you know this story, where Elijah is on the mountain with the king, with the uh, prophets of Baal, and he's enticing them. Uh, as a matter of fact, he starts prodding them And he says, oh, hey, uh, why isn't your king or why isn't your God answering by fire? Maybe he's on vacay. (laughs) Didn't tell you. Uh, Maybe he's taking a nap. You you better scream louder. And the Bible says, oh, that. And then he says, I don't know. Maybe he's in the bathroom. It's true, it's in the Bible, all right? In one translation, it translates it that way. You should read the Bible. You would know, you would know that it was in there. You would, you would read these things, amazing, it's crazy. And so Elisha has a little bit of that in him, and he says, Why are you going to involve me? Why don't you go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother? And the king of Israel says, no, because it was the Lord who called us three kings together. We think God's in this, but we don't know where he's headed with it. We think we're going to wind up delivered into the hands of Moab. And Elisha said, as surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve. If I did not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I wouldn't even pay attention to you right now. So don't think you're all big stuff just because you're a king, all right? And you got three kings in the room. There's only one of you that I even uh, respect at all. And, and so the, they they want to hear from God. And, and here's Jehoshaphat. He's, he's not necessarily always on on it, but this day he is because he knows we need a word from God. And I'm telling you, I don't know what all your week held for you, and I don't know what all kinds of mess and what all kinds of bad decisions and whatever this Monday through Saturday meant for you this week, but I'm telling you, if you're in Crossroads Church today, you're in the right place, all right? You're in the right place because God... Could speak to you this morning here's here's what they're ready okay here we go here what's the prophet gonna say and here's what he says now bring me heart music that wasn't quite what we were looking for, all right you know uh little mood music seriously <laughs> wants to pull up our playlist here what yeah, what kind of tune do you need? You know, I mean, we are the champions, you know, we can play that one. Or but that's kind of weird on a harp, you know. And so, so he's like, no, I, I just need some music. And let me tell you something. Here, here's what it says next in verse 15. Pull that up. It says, Then it happened when the musician played. That the hand of the Lord came upon him. Don't miss that. Let me tell you something. Worship is important. Worship is vital. You need worship. God can live without it. All right? He doesn't need your, wor- he doesn't need it, but you need it. Because here's what happens. God moves when you worship him. God begins to move. And I don't know, if I were needing a word from God, if I were needing God to heal, if I were needing God to deliver, if I needed God to speak to me, if I wanted God's hand on my life, if I wanted something special from God that could only come from heaven, I don't think I'd be late to church. I think I'd be early and I'd get my seat and I'd get my praise on and I'd get ready so I didn't even miss a note. Come on, somebody. I know some of you are like, oh boy, here he comes, all right? I'm just telling you, you don't want to miss it because it's not like, well, if I miss the music part, that's okay. It's not the music part. You're not missing the music part, friend. You're missing the worship of God, and the, the worship of God causes God to begin to speak into us and get us ready to hear a word from him. God moves as we worship him. So get here and be ready to receive from God. And this king, I mean, they're, they're expecting, I, I thought maybe we were going to get fire, not a harp, you know, Uh, But okay, but the word of the Lord begins to come on him and then then look what else he says. Thus says the Lord, oh, here it comes. Make this valley full of ditches. Hmm. I don't know about you, but when I'm thirsting to death and I'm about to dry up and blow away, And I'm out in the desert, and it's dry as a bone. I don't think I'm in the mood to dig a ditch. How about you? How many of you, God doesn't always do it the way you want him to do it? God doesn't always do it your way, but, but he does it the way he wants to do it. And here these guys are, they're out in the middle of this desert sun, and this prophet says, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to dig a ditch and, and just fill the valley full of ditches. And, and, and this is, again, where our greatest need can become our greatest blessing. Because when you get desperate for God, that's exactly when you can depend on God. And, and then he begins to say to them, look at verse 17, pull it up. It says, for this is what the Lord says, you will, neither, you will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water, and you and your cattle and your other animals will drink. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord, and oh yeah, he will also deliver Moab into your hands, because that's no big deal for our God you see God is so big so awesome he can do anything so it's not a question today of can God do it it's will God do it and here's how we can help that to happen in our lives there's some prep work turn to the person next to you say that you got some prep work to do (laughs) you got some prep work to do there's some prep work That produces miracles, and I want to give you two of those that we see in this story today. Here's the first one. You need to start digging. Say that with me. You got to start digging. Only God can send the rain, but he often expects you to dig the ditch. And so you've got to dig the ditch. You've got to get in there and begin to work and begin to prep. And as you do that, here's what James, the brother of Jesus, said. He said, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. See, if you don't have faith, uh, if you don't have good works, rather, then you don't really have faith, James says. And we all want something greater until it involves digging a ditch. We're all about it. Oh, I want God. I want God to move. I want God to do that. I want, oh man, I, I am so ready for God. You know, I'm so anxious for Him to answer and do all these things. And and and, and let me ask you something. Do you really think? God needed the help of the troops to dig the ditches. I mean, come on now. God can speak the dirt and it turns into a human. He could have spoken to that dirt and it would have just ditches appear. He could have brought down angels and they could have dug the ditch. But instead, God looks for people. And it's like he says, you show me your faith and I'll show you my faithfulness. You begin to move in faith and I'll move in my faithfulness. Many trust God. and, And here's what God says, I want you to trust me for a little action here. I want you to get involved in this. I want you to participate in this mirror. Jesus did it. He said to the one guy, stretch out your hand, and then you'll be healed. He said to another guy, pick up your mat and walk, and then you'll be healed. He said to another guy, you go wash out your eyes, and then you'll be able to see. And so often, Jesus, God, God, calls us to action to step out to do something you know people want godly kids god i want my kids to serve you i don't want to get all jacked up out there in the world and everything but then we don't bring them to church and we don't correct bad behavior and we don't correct when we see the world influencing and say oh now you know what that is don't you yeah, I remember talking to our daughter when the TV would be on, and we'd say, hmm, that right there, that came out of the pit, all right? That, that, you can just see the Hollywood agenda all over that thing. Did you, did you just see that? That's what that was. And, and so we would talk about those kinds of things. You know, we want more money, but then we don't tithe to give God something to work with. We're not digging the ditch. We're not preparing. We're not, and then we don't maybe budget or live within a budget or we're not working as hard as we could and so we could get the promotion that we want. And, and, and you know, if somebody, maybe there's some guy here that, you know, you pray, oh, God, send me a wife. And, and you need to get introduced to right guard. <laughs> and and left guard (laughs) and shower and and get some (laughs) cologne going and Maybe iron that wrinkly mess of a shirt that you've got with a collar and it's all jacked up. And, and, and maybe you even need to do something like sell your Xbox and get a life, you know? And woo, there we go. I got the women shouting now, all right? See, rain is God's specialty. He specializes in doing the miraculous. Only God can send the water that is needed, but he asked them to get the ditch ready for it. And God today is speaking to somebody here to get ready for what he wants to do. That's what life builders does. And when we talk about life builders over this next month, it's an opportunity to dig a ditch. It's an opportunity for God to fill that ditch with his presence. We can't do it, but he can do it. But he asked us to get involved. He asked us to, to participate, to begin to dig a ditch, to get something ready for God to begin to move. And as we move, then a move of God happens. We've got to prepare for a move of God before God makes the first Move. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, you don't even see it. You don't even see a rain cloud yet. You, you don't even see the wind begin to shift. You, you're not even sensing anything different, but you sense. That God might be doing something. How many may be here today, you sense that God made you for more. You sense that God has something extra for your life. You sense that there's more than the mundane. You sense there's something else out there. There's got to be something else. But you've got to dig the ditch in order for God to move. See, some of us are waiting on God. God's waiting on us. That's that's really how it works. And here's the next thing, is you got to start small. So oftentimes, God will ask us to do the small thing. See, real faith believes big, but is willing to start small. Do you have enough faith to dig a ditch even if you don't sense rain in the air? Even if the wind's not blowing, even if there's no cloud anywhere, why should I... Rain's not even in the extended forecast. So, So what's this all about? You see, this is often how God works. You know, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Why, you know, All of his disciples, they're, they're scattered, and it doesn't look good, and it looks terrible. But I'm telling you, three days later, it's a different story, right? It's totally different, because that's how God works. God chooses these simple fishermen, and really, this is how it's gonna change the world? Absolutely, because just watch this. And see, God's ways are different from our ways, and often he asks us to do something small, but you've got to believe big. You've got to believe big. If your dream is not intimidating to you, it's not a God dream. See, it, it needs to be bigger than you. You know, I, I believe God's going to supply the need. I believe God's going to do this, but I'm telling you, I'm willing to dig the ditch. Here's how D.L. Moody put it. I love this. If God is your partner, make your plans big because God can do anything. See, many many people don't think big enough, but then there are other people not willing to start small enough either. It's like, oh, I, I want to do that. Naaman was a, was a guy who had leprosy Came to the, Elisha. He, he tried to come to his house, and Elisha uh, sent his servant out and said, "Go tell him uh, to dip in the Jordan River three or seven times, and then he'll be healed of his leprosy." And and Naaman's out there. He's a big dog, you know, and he's like, "Isn't he coming out here?" And the the servant said, nope. And he's like, seriously, he's coming out here, right? No, he's he not coming out here. Seriously, I mean, I, I came all the way out here. Where is that guy? He's in there. And he sent me out here. He told me to tell you, dip in the river seven times, Jordan River, seven times you be healed. Guy went away disgusted. Said, seriously, this is ridiculous. I came out here to see this guy, and he tells, he, he doesn't even have, have the, uh, he has the audacity to just send his servant out here. Doesn't he know who I am? And, and I, out of all the rivers, that's the dirtiest. Like I'm gonna dip in a dirty river. Really? And here's what his servant said to him. He said, you know what, boss? Boss, if, if he would have asked you to do something great, you'd have been all over that. Oh, here, let me come out there, lay my hand on this man. You're going to watch this leprosy. Leave him right here. It's going to be amazing. He said, you've been all over that. Everybody looking, oh, wow. (laughs) But because he's asking you to do something small, you don't want to do it. Maybe you ought to just do it boss and so he does and he's healed and here's the thing don't despise look at Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10 don't despise the day of small beginnings for the Lord rejoices for the work to begin see sometimes it's just a small thing like get out of bed And instead of saying, good Lord, it's morning, say, good morning, Lord. (laughs) And instead of going to the mirror and saying, you're going to have a terrible day. This is going to be awful. Instead, maybe you say, you're going to have an awesome day. God is on your side and if God be for you, who can be against you? Greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. It doesn't make any difference how many enemies are against me. My God is greater than any enemy. I'm speaking over myself today that I'm going to have an awesome day. I'm going to be well and not sick. I'm going to be whole and not falling apart. I'm going to go out in victory. I'm going to live this day to the extent of my full potential because of God in my life. Wouldn't that be better? Wouldn't that be better? So, see, see, you could just start out small like that. I remember when we started out small in Munster, Indiana, we went up there to start a church. And, and before we got there, we, we knew there was one family in Dyer, Indiana, who wanted a church up in that area. And so we went and met with them, and they were having church in a little school. And so I used to preach to three people. One was Rochelle, my wife. And the other was the dad. And then, then we grew. He brought his daughter, and and then some, and then another family. And then I remember when when we moved the church into Munster, and then we had eight, and twelve, and fifteen. I, I mean, when we had fifteen, it was like I, I was speaking to a mega church. It's like wow. Because I remember when the family was sick one weekend, I just preached to Rochelle. <laughs> it was a quick sermon because she didn't like it. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> so, but anyway, I, I, we, and then we went home. And so that, that was some small beginnings. Come on, somebody, right? That was small. And and God, in spite of that small beginning, saw our big faith and began to move. And a church still exists today up in northwest Indiana because of the faithfulness of our God who is able to, if you'll dig the ditch, he can fill the ditch. He can bring water where there is no water. Look at verse 20. Here's what it says. The next morning, how many know in one day, God can do what you can't do in 10 years. In one moment, he can do the supernatural. About the time for the offering of the sacrifice, there it was, water flowing from the direction of Edom, and the land was what? Filled with water. God can bring what you need. All he's looking for today is for you to step out. For you to make the effort. For you to just just believe big and start small. And here's what one thing might be for some of you. It's just start being nice. (laughs) Just be nice to other people. Or for others of you, it's, it's start being generous. Or start working harder. You're praying for increase. You're praying for, your, you know, for, for a new job. You're praying for, for God to prosper you. Are you working your hardest right now? See, God initiates biggest, the biggest changes in our lives, often through the smallest tasks. And as we do the small tasks and that can just be words that we speak, folks. The prayers that we pray. You know, it's not about oh, my kids, my kids. How much are you praying for your kids? How much have you been praying for them? Your expectations, your thoughts before they even become words. See, faith is action. It is action. It's taking action. It's the small steps. It's the walking. It's putting the human effort in and then the supernatural is what God supplies. I put my faith in action and I dig ditches and then God fills the ditches. What ditch do you need to dig today? What one do you need to get started? And I know when the Ground's hard and it is it's hot and you you're thirsty and whatever, but I'm telling you if these guys had not dug the ditches, God would have had nothing to fill. And because they did the hard work, because they believe that our God is abundant, He is ready, He is willing, He is able to do far exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think of Him. He can move in greater ways than we ever imagined. So let's start digging these ditches. Let's get ready because God's going to move. God's going to do something that's beyond what we can do, and it may not happen today, but it could happen in one day. It could happen in one day. God could do something that you couldn't do before because you get ready for him to move. So today, let me ask you again, what ditch do you need to dig? What is it that you need to get doing? Just, just get, get moving and watch God move with you. Let's pray. Father... I thank you today that you are wanting to move. You're wanting to move heaven and earth. You're wanting to do things that just uh, blow our minds, that, that are incredible. But God, sometimes I, I think what's happening is you're waiting on us to set the table. You're waiting, waiting on us to dig the ditches. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I think I'm needing to do that. I think there's some things I need to get busy with. Maybe I've been guilty of praying for God to move when I'm not moving myself. And and there's more I could do. So I want to prepare for a miracle. I want to prepare for God's bounty. I want to pray for abundance and I wanna work for it. I wanna believe for it, but not just sit back, but I wanna get active. I want want God to move in my life like never before, and so if that involves digging some ditches, I don't care how hard that might be. I'm gonna dig the ditch so that God can fill the ditch. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, I I think God wants to move in my life in a supernatural way. Yeah, hands all over this room. Father in heaven, I pray for every person that maybe senses or feels that there's something else there's something more maybe we've been guilty of waiting on you when you're waiting on us so today just help us to get around this thought and help us to take that next step to get the shovel in our hands and to begin to strike the soil and begin to break it up and begin to prepare the way for you to move because God we know You can do anything. That nothing is beyond your power to do. As we keep praying, there may be someone else here. That maybe your next step is a step of action. And that action is to respond to God today. It's to say, God, I'm not just going to engage my my life here and just sitting in this chair, but I'm going to acknowledge that I need you. And I'm going to vocalize today to you that I need you in my life. And if you're here this morning, and maybe you're away from God, or maybe maybe you've never really committed your life to God, I want to give you the opportunity this morning to do that, to just make a commitment. Jesus would say to people, just follow me. Just follow me. If you're here this morning and you say, I I need to do that. I I feel that that's the ditch I need to dig is I need to just follow Jesus. And I want to do that here today. Will you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. that's, That's where I'm at today. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see those hands. How many others over here? All right. Several. Yes, God bless you back there. All right. Hands around the room. In different spots so church family just pray this with me and, and let's encourage those who raise their hands so they'll pray it as well and just take these words and lift them up to God just make them your words make this your prayer as we lift it up to the Lord right now just say dear Heavenly Father thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me I believe his death paid the price for my sin." And I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. So as much as I know how, I surrender my life today. Come in and wash away my past. Give me a new beginning. From this day forward, I want to live for you. Thank you for accepting me and begin changing my life and making it more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, come on, let's praise God for those. It's awesome.